10, 9, ignition sequence start, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The Treehouse of Liberty podcast is hosted by Jason Fornwald and comes to you from the bright red corner of the bright blue state of Maryland. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into another episode of the Treehouse of Liberty podcast. I am your host, Jason Fornwald, and thank you so very much for deciding to join me once again. Happy New Year, ladies and gents. I hope uh, 2022 was great for you guys and that 23 will only be better. Um, certainly was an interesting end to 2022 for me. Um, had my dad in the hospital, two separate serious incidents um, within the last couple of months of the year there. Uh, the first time he was in with a badly bleeding ulcer, um, which actually got even worse when he was in the hospital, um, ended up losing about half of his blood supply, was really a mess for a while. Um, and one night was pretty, pretty touch and go. Um, had to contemplate what it would be like to actually lose him and get all of the information that I needed to know, you know, in the, the event that he did pass, you know, funeral arrangements and, you know, finances and all that happy, fun stuff that you never want to have to do. Um, but dad being the, the monster, the, the warrior that he is, um, you know, at 72 years old, already having had a major stroke, you know, trying to survive on half of his blood supply did. And, um, and I was very blessed that he was able to get up and walk out of the hospital under his own power. And he did really well for about two months after that. And then he decided it would be a good idea to take a backwards flying leap down the steps at his house. Um, and managed to hit every single step on the way down two flights. Somehow didn't break anything. Somehow didn't kill himself. Um, and he spent another 16 days in the hospital after that incident. And, um, you know, like I said, being the, the fighter that he is, um, again, walked out of the hospital and, and thank God, you know, I, I still get to have him in my life. And he really, at this point is no worse for wear than he was, um, you know, before the first incident. So thank God for that. Um, very, very blessed in that regard. Um, actually have a, a very close friend who just lost his father and you know I've been searching for the for the words to say and and how to offer support you know quote unquote correctly and I feel like I haven't been able to do that um, because thankfully that's not a situation that I've been in you know I haven't had to bury a parent and I don't think you understand um, what that's like until you've had to do it and so uh, God bless my friend's family and uh, bring comfort to them and, um, you know, watch over them and, and grant uh, their father his, his well-earned rest. Uh, by all accounts, he was an absolutely spectacular man. He was the, he was that little league guy in his, his little hometown. And, uh, you know, it obviously touched just hundreds, if not thousands of lives in that capacity. Uh, in a positive way and that's that's one of the things that my friend was really kind of overwhelmed by was seeing how many people actually um, knew and cared about and remembered and, and respected his dad um, so again best thoughts and prayers to them 
Um, on a much more positive note, I actually got engaged in the middle of November. Um, found a woman who can not only tolerate me, but seems to like me too, um, which is which is pretty unique. Uh, and I have to I have to give her a lot of credit for that. But um, seriously, she is she's the last person I ever would have gone looking for. Um, but I could not be more grateful for the fact that we found each other. You know, we're we're incredibly different in virtually every way. You know, here I am, Mr. Conservative Patriot, you know, former soldier, former police officer, you know, wrapped in the flag, the flags tattooed on my shoulder, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and my fiance, Evelyn, um, she's 23 years my chronological junior, um, but she's she's not my junior in any other way. Um, not only is she my intellectual equal, um, she's got a heart, the capacity of which I can't begin to approach. Um, but she's happy that I try. And, you know, that's, that's exciting for me. She, um, like I said, she's, she's completely different from anyone I've ever quote unquote looked for before. Um, she's a DACA kid. She, her parents brought her here from Argentina when she was three. Um, she describes herself as a hippie tree hugger. <laughs> you know, she's uh, very concerned about the climate and about humanity's impact on that. And, you know, it, it, we have very different priorities. We have very different outlooks on life. Um, but she, she makes me a better person and, and she teaches me every day and... You know, it's it's such a privilege to have the most beautiful human being I have ever known um, as such a colossally huge part of my life. Um, her five-year-old son, Orion, um, will become my son this year also. Looking forward to having the high privilege of adopting him and calling him my own. Can't wait for that. Um, He's a little nutbag. <laughs> he's all he's all five year old boy. He's a maniac. He spends half of his time pretending he's a dinosaur. You know, he's he's a little out there, but um, he's he's got his mom's heart, and I I just I can't put into words how much the two of them have moved me, and how much they've changed my life, and and how my outlook on everything has changed as a result of that. Um, and that's been one of the reasons that I've kind of shied away from being as aggressive about politics as I used to be lately. Um, Evelyn is one of those people who, you know, she, she doesn't just stop and smell the roses. You know, she points out the fact that, okay, this is the only rose bush for miles around. Um, you know, she analyzes things and she truly appreciates the, the very smallest, beautiful details of not only our planet, but, um, you know, the, the universe. I mean, she's just so grateful for everything that she gets to experience. And it's, it's difficult to have someone like that in your life and not begin, begin to adopt some of that yourself. Um, you know, when you're having a frustrating day to, to stop and see something that is beautiful and actually pay attention to it and realize that, Hey, you know what? This, this might be a tough day, but my life's actually pretty good. And I had the good fortune of, you know, being born. <laughs> you know, when you look at 
the expanse of this universe and you look at how little of at least what we've seen is completely uninhabitable to have the good fortune to have not only been born on planet earth but born in the united states of america born to absolutely incredible parents um and to to be given the opportunities that i've had throughout my life really is is just amazing and and i, I really have to credit ev for you know making me stop and and think about how fortunate i really am um my good friend chris blakeman you know, one of his favorite expressions is is found in the Declaration of Independence out of divine providence, and um, I've I've been the beneficiary of that, you know, a, a lot more than I've let on over the years, and it's easy in this political climate to kind of get bogged down by the negativity, to get bogged down by the injustice, to get bogged down by you know, being called an extremist by your own government, um, you know, when, when you're a patriot, which is difficult for me to process. But, and I haven't, I haven't let those things go. Those, those things still bother me. Those things still frustrate me and motivate me. Um, but they don't occupy the, the amount of space in my brain that they used to. Um, I've taken a lot more time to step back and really realize what's important. You know, my father's life and his health, um, my fiance, you know, man that will be our son. Um, you know, those are the things that matter. And we've been very fortunate. Um, we actually all have come together under one roof. Um, my dad has... I had to consider the the idea that he may have to go into a nursing home at some point, and so he's in the process of transferring over some assets, and one of those things will be the house that he owns. And when I first sat down and talked to him about Evelyn and I getting engaged and started talking to him about Orion and those things, the first thing he said was, where are you guys going to live? And I was like, well, you know, Evelyn's been looking at some houses and, you know, I, I've been putting some feelers out there. And he's like, look, I said, this this house is the house I grew up in. And it's always been a, a family household. And dad's lived there since his divorce from my mom for, you know, the last probably 20 years. And it's just been him. And it's this big, older, very nice, but older house. And... You know, right away, he's like, why don't you guys move in here? And that's what we've done. And Orion gets to experience his other grandfather. And I have another adult there that, um, you know, can be there to support dad if he needs anything. Or, you know, hopefully we won't have any more incidents like he had um, last year. But if he does, it's, you know, somebody else that may be there if I'm not there. Um, and... You know, I, I trust Evelyn explicitly, and I know that if something would happen to Dad when I'm not there, that she's going to handle it. She's going to make the proper notifications, and, you know, he's he's going to be taken care of. And we're, we're one big happy family. Um, again, I just, I, I can't express the blessings that are happening in my life right now and, and how it's changing my perspective on things. Um, I'm, I'm just, I'm so excited I... 
you know, I know you're supposed to fill a podcast with words, but I can't find the words to explain, um, you know, exactly what's going on in my life right now. And I hope you guys are experiencing the same things, you know, it may not be the, the, the same exact things, but I hope whatever those things that you've wished for and hoped for and dreamed of are, are coming to pass and you're experiencing, you know, those blessings in your, your own way as well. Cause it's just, it's, it's overwhelming. It really is. Um, that being said, I mean, there, there are certainly some things that need to be addressed. Um, I continue to find myself just utterly disappointed in this administration. Um, you know, over, over the course of the end of, of 2022 and early in 23, I've made a point anytime I've gotten into a discussion with somebody on the other side of the aisle to ask them what's better now. You know, I mean, they keep talking about how great Biden is and how awful Trump was and how Trump belongs in jail and blah, 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 blah. You know, it's like you guys have heard all the same arguments and the same issues in your conversations with these people. And I still haven't gotten a straight answer. You know, it's like the, the just random Trump hatred is utterly out of control. And when you have a president of the United States describing basically everybody who disagrees with him and supports another candidate as extremists, we really find ourselves in a dangerous position. You know, um, this is the same guy who asked our neighbors to rat us out. You know, if, if you feel like your neighbors are radicalized or extremists and, you know, then he goes on to describe extremists as Trump supporters. It really makes it difficult you know i mean we we really do have a literal target on our backs and fortunately in one of those cases I, i'm sure you guys all remember the um i can't remember the guy's name and i'm doing this strictly unscripted tonight to get myself back into the flow of things um but the gentleman in loudon county virginia who was arrested for speaking out at a school board meeting um, he actually was just acquitted on all charges, which is absolutely fantastic. You know, I mean, it's disgusting that we have our three-letter agencies labeling Americans who care about the education of their children as terrorists. I mean, literally giving them terrorist labels. Um, so the fact that at least our court system is throwing that back in the face of what I call the Fourth American Reich um, and essentially telling them to piss off. At least that's a, an extremely positive development. And I hope that's something that will continue, and I hope that's something that the Biden administration will take a lesson from. Um, you know, yeah, our, our, our court system does get corrupted by politics just like everything else does. But I think for the most part, the judicial branch is the one that at least attempts to provide equal justice under the law. You know, we're, we're not going to see that from Congress. You know, they treat January 6th like it was the most heinous day in American history. I mean, Kamala Harris literally compared it to Pearl Harbor and to 9-11, which is utterly ludicrous. You know, anybody that lost a family member or even understands the history of either of those two days knows how flat out stupid that is um and i hate to say it but our, our vice president and our president too for that matter they're they're not very intelligent people and 
that scares me too. You know, I want to feel like my leaders are smarter than I am, more capable than I am, understand our history, understand the Constitution, you know, understand American values and how to preserve them. I want those people to understand those things infinitely better than I do. You know, I, I want them to to lead because they are the most competent to do so. Um, and I know we, we don't elect these people to be leaders. There are elected representatives. Um, you know, they, they don't wield control over our lives, or they shouldn't at least. This administration seems to be trying harder than most have to do that. Um, but I, I, I want to feel like my leaders are more competent than I am. And I don't have that feeling. Um, you know, it's like they, they paint January 6th, like I said, in the same light as those other two, you know, heinous, dark days in American history. And they had to do that because if they didn't, all January 6th is, is 700,000 people rallying around someone who is not them, you know, with... I think it was like 2,000 idiots that went onto the Capitol grounds and, and into the Capitol building, you know. And I'm okay with two out of every 700 people in a, a group that I'm a member of being idiots, you know, because it's, it's an infinitesimally small number. Now, I recorded a podcast episode that day that I wasn't planning on, on January 6th. Um, just to condemn the people that went into the Capitol, you know, and all the conservative pundits, all the conservative politicians, you know, they, we, we all immediately came out and damned that situation, damned them for doing so, damned them for interfering illegally, you know, in, in the process. And, you know, I stand behind that. But at the same time, you know, and I feel like I've talked about this a million times, but it's it's absolutely true. You know, when you look at 2020, the, the nationwide George Floyd riots that caused $4.3 billion worth of property damage, at least 36 murders, at least 2,000 cops injured, secession from the Union for the first time since the Civil War in Portland and Seattle, which Trump showed absolutely remarkable restraint in how he handled that. You know, and the fact that when Biden comes out and criticizes political violence, he doesn't mention any of that. You know, he'll spend 20 minutes talking about January 6th, which, okay, you know, shouldn't have happened. It was awful. You know, the, the couple thousand people that were completely out of line, you know, they deserve whatever sentence they get. You know, that's assuming that they get a fair trial and aren't held in solitary confinement now for two years without trials, some of them, you know, which is just an utterly disgusting tactic. You know, you're, the, the UN considers solitary confinement to be torture. And so they're torturing these people for two years without providing them a speedy trial. You know, so you tell me who's wrong. You know, the, the way this administration behaves sometimes is eerily reminiscent of Germany in 1939. You know, you either serve the party or you're the enemy. And that's how they treat us. They label us as the enemy. They label us as extremists. They label us as terrorists, literally. 
And it's sad because, you know, 2020 was a year of nationwide leftist terrorism. And they don't condemn that at all. At all. So the only conclusion that I can draw from that is that this administration supports leftist terrorism against the United States. And as always, you know, when Democrats are actually doing something, they accuse us of doing whatever that is. You know, we're racist. Oh, really? You know, I I thought it was Joe Biden that said, if you don't vote for him, then you ain't black. I thought it was Joe Biden that called black Americans a racial jungle. I thought it was Joe Biden that made up the most racist name for a black villain in the history of the world, Corn Pop. Could you imagine if a Republican made up a name for a fake black villain and called him Corn Pop? But, you know, I mean, Joe Biden readily admitted, you know, that Robert Byrd, who was a Klansman, was his friend and mentor. You know, and, and here again, you know, it's like Democrats are perfectly fine voting for a guy who says flat out, a Klansman was my friend and my mentor, but you guys are racist. <laughs> it's like, uh, okay, you know, how, how does that work? You know, show me, show me the equivalent with Donald Trump of you ain't black, racial jungle, corn pop, and being mentored by a Klansman. You know, but Democrats fully embrace that. And the the thing that I don't understand is black Democrats fully embrace that. It's like, on what level does that make sense? Biden came into office, immediately ended Operation Legend, which was saving black lives in, in our poor, you know, inner city communities. It was saving lives. Black on black homicide was way down. Under the Biden administration, it is at record levels. I mean, it's breaking records. You know, opportunity zones worked. The Biden administration immediately ended those. So it's like now we have more dead black Americans. We have less opportunities for black Americans. And both of those things were a result of the direct action of a man who proudly said he was the friend of and mentored by a Klansman. But we're the racists. Okay? You know, I I gave you the statistics again. You look at all those things that happened in 2020, all caused by leftist extremist terrorists, mostly Black Lives Matter and Antifa. But we're the terrorists? We're the extremists? You know, January 6th doesn't compare to the nationwide George Floyd riots of 2020. And the only person that was murdered on January 6th was Ashley Babbitt. You know, it shouldn't have happened. And I regret it and I hate it. But the police officers who died on January 6th died of natural causes. You know, should they have been put in that position? Absolutely not. But it's like, at what point do we start to care about the innocent victims of leftist terrorism? And according to this administration, the answer to that is never. And it just, when you look at what we now know about the Biden administration and the FBI's control of social media, it just makes it so much worse. You know, I mean, the, the, the laptop story, 
was absolutely buried. The FBI knew for a fact that it was not Russian disinformation. They knew it was 100% real. If I knew it was 100% real, they knew that. And when they marched out those 51 intelligence analysts who all said, yeah, we, we promise, we swear, this is Russian disinformation. And I called bullshit on that. And I was right. And those 51 intelligence analysts are now completely proven wrong. And we know the agency that put those analysts forward controlled that story on social media. And believe me, if they did it on Twitter, they did it on Instagram, they did it on Facebook, they did it everywhere they possibly could. We know that they also did that with traditional media. So when you start to look at the abuse of people who are not willing to see Kyle the party, when you start to look at the information control, you know, Joe Goebbels would be extremely proud of the operation that Democrats run to control the entirely false narrative that they put forth. You know, I mean, their, their FBI Gestapo is controlling social media, is controlling traditional media to put forth these completely false ideas that we're the extremists, that we're the terrorists, that we're the ones that are the threat to democracy. Nothing could be further from the truth. You know, up and down the line, it's like they are the ones that are abusing the system. We now know for an absolute fact, and I said this too the day the story broke, that the Russian dossier was completely false. It was fabricated by the FBI for the purpose of trying to steal an election. And when they failed to steal the election, they ran two false coups. And they said flat out that without the dossier, the first impeachment could not have happened. So without the completely false fabricated by the FBI dossier, the FBI would not have been able to run this false story and end up running a false coup against a duly elected president. And I still, I'm not willing to move past the fact, the fact, that in 2020, Donald Trump was consistently drawing 30,000 people inside his rallies and consistently drawing 30,000 more outside his rallies that were watching on closed-circuit TV. Every time the man spoke, he was speaking to at least 60,000 people. Joe Biden, on the other hand, had a rally where he paid John Bon Jovi to play. He drew 12 people. 12. Not 12,000. Not even 1,200. He drew 12 people. And you expect me to believe that the guy that every time he speaks is drawing 60,000 lost to a guy who, with John Bon Jovi playing, drew 12 people. That didn't happen. Now, Democrats will tell you, that makes me an extremist, that makes me a threat to democracy. Even asking a question about an election, you know, proves that I'm a threat. Except they forget that they created a false dossier to try to steal an election. They tried not to certify the 2016 election. You can go back and watch the videos on YouTube of Democrats trying not to certify that election. You can go back and watch the videos of them saying that Trump was not elected, that he was installed by Vladimir Putin. 
So it's like, how do we go from a time in 2016 where it was perfectly fine and perfectly legitimate to question the election, which Trump won freely and fairly, but all of a sudden, when we have all of these discrepancies in 2020, you're an extremist and a threat to democracy if you ask questions about it. That's not going to fly. That is not going to fly. And we can't allow it to. And it does come down to us. You know, it, not being violent. We're not Democrats. But it comes down to us putting pressure on our elected officials, writing letters, calling their office, saying, hey, we can't let this stuff go. We know who the threat to democracy is, and it's not us. And the actual threat needs to be addressed, and it needs to be stopped. And you need to make sure that you don't stop until that happens. Re-enter Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy. God help us all. You know, McCarthy is McCarthy. Is, I don't want to insult milk toast by making the comparison, but McCarthy is just too soft for the job that's required now. You know, the FBI has got to be investigated. We have got to make sure that they are not interfering with a free press, with free speech. You know, we've got to make sure that they're not fabricating false information to steal elections. And there's no, there can't be any, ah, well, it happened, you know, it's over with, and we'll trust you guys not to do it again. No, we've got to stop it. We've got to put our foot down. We have to be the ones that stand up, hold up the bloodstained banner that our forefathers and foremothers fought and died for. And ensure that that star-spangled banner does yet wave for the purpose it was intended. For this to be a constitutional democratic republic. For this government to be of the people, by the people, and for the people. For our votes to matter and to be counted. And that to be what decides elections, not some false crap the FBI decides to create. These are dire times. These are dire times. And if, if McCarthy doesn't stand up to this, we're done. We're done. You can close the book on the great American experiment. And that's one of the reasons that it's so important to me to get back into this podcast, to get back into putting my voice out there. It's so important for you guys to put your voices out there and be heard. It's so important for us to contact our elected officials. Stay on their ass. Make it clear to them that if they don't do what you're telling them to do, they will not have your vote. And if they get enough of those letters and enough of those calls, stuff's going to change. They're going to start making different decisions. They represent you. They don't lead you. They don't lead me. We the people have the power in this country. But we have to let complacency go. We have to be peacefully aggressive. We have to make it clear to these people that you will do what I sent you there to do.
I'm not asking you a question. And if we do that, we'll be okay. If we do that, we'll maintain the republic. If we do that, hopefully the United States of America can still be that shining city on a hill. The one that the world looks to for guidance. The one that the world looks to as a model for how to conduct our business. We can still be that. We're not right now. But we can still be that. It takes you. It takes me. It takes all of us. It definitely does not take Hillary Clinton's village. But anyway, so glad to be back in the saddle again. Thank you guys for about another half hour of your time. As I tell you all the time, time is the most precious commodity that we have on this earth. Make the most of yours. Thank you so much for giving me a little bit of it. It is really a high honor and a privilege that you guys do that. If you'd like to get a hold of the show, there's a couple of ways to do that. At Treehouse1776 on Twitter, at Treehouse1776. You can also shoot us an email, treehouseoflibertymedia at gmail.com, treehouseoflibertymedia at gmail.com. And you can also go to treehouseofliberty.us. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for the privilege of your time. Y'all take care.